10, Miss Christine is waiting, and you may go to Children's Church. Good morning. We welcome you to New Horizon, and Pastor Chris is away this morning. However, he would want me to share with you that our mission at New Horizon is to bring glory to God by loving Him with all of our being, by loving others as Jesus loves us, and by making disciples of all nations. Our vision is to have a clear pathway for people to become all God wants them to be. We accomplish this through worship, life groups, discipleship groups, and going to the nations. We believe in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We appreciate our pastor and all that he does for our church. Let me assure you that your level of appreciation will greatly increase if you ever have the opportunity to fill in for him, as I am doing this morning. As members of a church, it is easy for us to take our pastor for granted, as well as our worship team, our musicians, our sound technicians, our security personnel, our administrative staff, our greeters, our coffee makers, our nursery workers, our Sunday school teachers, our small group host, our cleaning personnel, and above all, whoever brings those delicious donuts. We want to say thank you for your level of service to our church. When Pastor Chris asked if I would be willing to fill in for him today, I prayerfully considered it and responded that I would, but I was not going to follow him in the book of Romans. <laughs> so this morning, I want to call your attention to the first chapter of the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1. Now, I'm not as high-tech as Pastor Chris, so you can follow in your Bible or on your tablet or on your phone. But we're looking in Jonah chapter 1, and we'll begin reading with verse number 1. The Bible says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. 
Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? He said, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. He replied, And it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Would you pray with me? Father, as we read your word this morning, we pray, Father, for your guidance. We pray for calmness. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would speak and lead us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever wanted to just run away? Now, there's a few of you here this morning that would remember back in the 60s. It was called finding yourself. People would run away from home and family and friends and just leave, trying to find whatever it was they were searching for. I remember our oldest daughter deciding to run away from home. She was about five years old, and she came up to me one day, and she says, Daddy, I'm going to run away. I said, you are? She said, yep, something hadn't gone her way. And she said, I'm going to run away. And I asked, well, where do you plan on going? And she said, probably to Peggy and Lewis's house. That was our neighbors, and their driveway was, uh, there was only two houses in, in our area. We lived on a dead-end street, and she would ride her bicycle down there a lot. And I said, well, if you run away, you better take you some things. Would you, are you going to take something to eat? So she gets excited, and, and we make her a nice picnic lunch. And she decides she better take her blanket with her, too. So she goes and gets her pink Barbie overnight bag. And she puts her lunch and her blanket in that pink Barbie overnight bag. And she heads for the door. And she looks back and says, Daddy, I'm really going to run away. I said, that's fine. I said, you come back when you're ready. And so she leaves. And just a few feet beyond our property line, I still see her as she takes the blanket out and spreads it 
on the grass. And she eats her lunch. And then she decides that running away from home is really not that great. And she heads back. And, of course, I pretend that I don't see her. And she comes to the door, and I welcome her back in. Well, I'm convinced that many of us at some point in our Christian lives have either wanted to run or have ran away from what God has called us to do. God has provided us specific opportunities, and yet we decide to run. Now, Jonah was a reluctant prophet given a mission he found distasteful. He chose to run away from God rather than obey him. Now, we first must recognize that to run from God is nothing short of deliberate rebellion against him. To run away appears so much nicer than rebellion, doesn't it? However, in God's eyes, delayed obedience is disobedience. God cannot and will not tolerate rebellion against him. God had given Jonah a purpose, and that purpose was to preach to that great Assyrian city of Nineveh. But Jonah had an extreme hatred against the people of Nineveh. And so he responded with anger and indifference. Can you imagine a preacher who willfully refused to preach to a sinful people because he did not want them to repent? and experience God's forgiveness. What could cause such hatred in a prophet of God? Well, and to understand Jonah, we must first understand the political climate of that day. Nineveh was the most important city in Assyria and would soon become the capital of the huge Assyrian Empire. Jonah had grown up hating the Assyrians and fearing their atrocities. He doesn't say much about Nineveh's wickedness. However, the prophet Nahum gives us more insight. Nahum says that Nineveh was guilty of evil plots against God, exploitation of the helpless, cruelty in war, idolatry, prostitution, and witchcraft. The unspeakable atrocities of war that God's people endured at the hands of this barbaric people were so cruel that I could not even share them with you this morning. The reputation of their extreme cruelty would often result in automatic surrender once they were ready to attack an enemy. This left Jonah with no message of hope to offer the Assyrians. So, Jonah ran. Now, the book of Jonah supplies us with four things that will always occur when you and I run from God. The first thing I want to call to your attention this morning is that when you and I run from God, our lives begin a downward spiral. Look with me in verse number 3. The Bible says, After Jonah ran from the Lord, he went down to Joppa. In verse 5, he went down into the bottom of the boat, and in verse 17, the Bible says he went down into the belly of the fish. Running from God will always change our direction in life. Isn't it odd that so many times others see our lives on a downward spiral before we are even aware of it? 
The second thing I want you to notice this morning is that when you and I run from God, we always find someone heading in that direction. Look again in verse number 3. The Bible says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. Satan always supplies the convenient opportunities to allow us to continue to run from the Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter into it. Through it, Jonah was on a destructive path that was out of control. The third thing I want you to notice this morning is that when you and I run from God, it always costs us something. Look again in verse number 3. The Bible says, after paying the fare, he, Jonah, went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. You see, Jonah was making a deliberate effort to run from God. A former pastor of mine used to say that sin will take you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. More than the monetary losses, running from God can cost us our godly reputations. It certainly can cost us God's blessings in our lives and the lives of our families. It can cost us our health and our future. It can cost us the love and respect of people that we love. Yes, running from God is expensive. The fourth thing I want you to notice this morning is that running from God always hurts and endangers the lives of others besides ourselves. Look with me in verse number 4. The Bible says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Jonah had gone down to the bottom of the ship and was sound asleep, unaware and unconcerned about the danger he was bringing to the others. The captain wanted each man to pray to his God and could not understand why Jonah was not praying. The captain said, maybe your God will take notice of us and we will not perish. Jonah, through his rebellion, placed the lives of the other people in the ship in jeopardy. They were pagans. But by trying to save Jonah's life, the pagan sailors showed more compassion than this prophet of God. Look at what happened in verse number 16. The Bible says that at this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. The sailors became believers in the God of Jonah. As believers, we should be ashamed when unbelievers show more concern and compassion for others than we do. Jonah's hatred for the Assyrians had affected his perspective. Now watch this. 
Jonah was willing to give his life to save these few pagan sailors. But yet, he would not warn over a hundred thousand people of the coming judgment of God. When you and I run from God, the enemy will tell us things like, it's your life. You deserve to be happy. It's no one else's business what you do. You're not hurting anyone but yourself. These are statements that Satan uses to keep us on this downward spiral. When you and I run from God, it does hurt our relationship with Him. It does hurt our relationship with our family. It does hurt our relationship with our community and our church. It makes us feel stressed out and worn out. We lose the zeal for living and the spark we once had in our lives. Now, you know the rest of the story, excuse me, the rest of the story, how the crew reluctantly threw Jonah overboard and how God had prepared a fish to swallow Jonah. During his three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, Jonah finally prayed and decided to be obedient to God. It took Jonah three days to cry out to God. I don't know about you, but it would have taken me about three seconds. It took a miracle of deliverance to get Jonah to do as God commanded. He was given a second chance to participate in God's work. The story of Jonah began with a tragedy, but a greater tragedy would have happened if God had allowed Jonah to continue to run. Now watch this. Jonah's message was simple. Forty more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Eight words. No invitation. No words of hope. No words of reconciliation. No words of comfort did Jonah offer these people. This is an unusual end of the story. Even after all he went through, Jonah still did not want God to save the people of Nineveh. He was upset when everyone from the king to the servants fasted and prayed for God's mercy. The Bible tells us that the whole city repented and God extended his mercy and forgiveness. You see, God blesses obedience even when we don't feel like doing what God wants us to do we need to be obedient even when we are out of our comfort zone like I am this morning we need to be obedient even when we don't know what to say God expects obedience yes Jonah was upset but Jonah was obedient God forgave Nineveh just as he had forgiven Jonah. Listen, the purpose of God's judgment is always correction, never revenge. Let me say that again. The purpose 
of God's judgment is always correction, never revenge. He is always ready to show compassion to anyone willing to seek him. God spared the sailors when they pleaded for mercy. God saved the people of Nineveh when they responded to Jonah's, uh, to Jonah's preaching. God will answer the prayers of those who call upon him. But listen, you cannot seek God's love and run from him at the same time. Jonah realized that no matter where he went, he couldn't run away from God. But before Jonah could run, could, could, before Jonah could return to God, he first had to stop going in the opposite direction. You remember the story of my young daughter running away. Although in her five-year-old mind, she was running away. She didn't realize that her father was watching every move she made. When she decided to return home, her father was there, outstretched arms, ready to welcome her back in. So it is with our Heavenly Father. He stands ready this morning to welcome you back to Him. Are you here this morning and tired of running? Are you tired of hurting the people that you love and, and yourself? The Bible says that absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing he will not forgive if we ask him. I was asked this morning if this message was going to be shorter than Chris's, and I said, absolutely. <laughs> so as our worship team prepares to come, let me say, don't allow Satan to rob you of this promise. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Will you ask him this morning? You may be here this morning and you have never made that commitment to follow Christ. I invite you to do that this morning. You may be here this morning and you can say with certainty that you are a believer, that you've been saved, but you have never followed the Lord in baptism. Now, let me be clear. Baptism does not save you. It is an outward expression of an inward change. But being baptized shows others that you have decided to follow Jesus. I invite you to do that this morning. You may be here and feel that New Horizon is where God is leading you to join. Our pastor would be absolutely thrilled if you did that today in his absence, and I'll be happy to share with you the process of how that looks. Whatever your need is this morning, just stop running and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand as we join our worship team? There's a lighthouse 
on the hillside that overlooks life's sea. When I'm tossed, it sends a light out, a light that I might see. And the light that shines in darkness now will safely lead me home. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, my ship would sail no more. Everybody that lives around us, they say tear the old lighthouse down. You know, the big ships don't even sail this way anymore. Well, there's no use in it hanging around. But then my mind goes back to that stormy night when just in time I saw the light was the light from that old lighthouse that stands up there on a hill
I was in chains The world had a hold of me My heart was a stone I was covered in shame When he came for me I couldn't run, couldn't run From his presence I couldn't run I'll never be the same I stepped out of the dark And into the light When he called my name I couldn't run, couldn't run From his presence I couldn't run, couldn't run From his arms this time and offer that to you Brother Larry
You know, the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the dinner or the Passover celebration that the disciples were at. It was a time when uh, they were probably scared. They may have been behind locked doors because remember when Jesus was approached to go and, and visit Lazarus because he was sick. Thomas, who we often call Doubting Thomas, said, let's go with Jesus and die with him. So he knew the religious leaders wanted to kill him. And, and Jesus at that night, okay, It says he took bread and he broke it. And I like to break this wafer because his body was broken. Sometimes your hands are clean. Put it in the palm of your hand and crush it. Crush it and break it because Jesus said, my body was broken for you for complete forgiveness of your sins. Take it. In addition to the Gospels, John writes in 1 Corinthians a new learning about the, the Lord's Supper. It says that Jesus said, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people. It's an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again.
Thank you. Miss Josie comes this morning. She said, I want to rededicate my life. <laughs> Miss Josie is one of the most saintly women I've ever met. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and humble. What a testimony. We, we love you, Miss Joseph. Thank you. The drummer was wonderful, too. Been a good day. Go and make it a great Sabbath. You're at liberty.